everybody to episode five of that Roundit podcast. Myself, Scott Beach, joined as always by Mr. Mike White and Gavin Brokemel. Today on episode five, we're going to be quickly recapping ATX spike down that happened this past weekend in Texas, followed by previewing the Roundnet season, especially the STS season, the Spikeball Tour series that is. Uh, and then we'll be following that with Mike's break, as always. We have no idea what's on today, but we will find out soon. And then we'll be finishing by discussing club versus college, the systems between Europe and the US that are very commonly uh, used and, yeah, are being done in both the US and uh, Europe. So without further ado, let's get into episode five. This episode of That Roundnet Podcast is sponsored by Premier Spike. Premier Spike is focused on pushing the competitive side of our sport forward. They're doing so right now with their new set, the Premier Spike set. This is sturdier, stronger, and provides a more consistent play surface for rounded athletes of all levels. They are now offering pre-orders, and if you go to premierspike.com today, you can get 10% off your pre-order with code TRP. If you want to check more out about them, find them on Instagram at premier.spike. ETFs has to be one of the events that is like it's it's hyped up and planned it out so far in advance. And big shout out to Kevin Um for that. But uh, or whoever else is put, has their hands in it. But I know that Kevin Um does a decent amount of the marketing though in the preview for it. But um, I want to quickly highlight some of the teams that made it out. Um, if that's not considered a spoiler, but we had Gross and Picone, Brian Gross and Wilco Cone in the finals with Clark Marshall and Ryder, and then also Creamy versus Dan Abrams and Buddy in the three and four matchup. Um, I, don't, I didn't get, I didn't really have the opportunity to follow it throughout pool play. I didn't have the opportunity to follow much of, it was like round of 64 all the way 32. And, um, but yeah, Marshall and Ryder versus Bacone and Gross ended up being only two set match, uh, going the way of Clark and Ryder. And I mean, I was actually kind of surprised by that. I thought that I thought that Ryan and Will could take a set off them, but I mean, they were both close games at 21-19, 21-18. Yeah. Um, I'll just add to the amount of like, I don't know, build up to this tournament of like teams and stuff. It felt like it it came, but didn't really like, like I, it, I don't know, because I, I wasn't really following it personally. So I know there was so much hype about it before and they was pushing to get people there and it was awesome that it ended up being a pretty big event and like pretty much like the biggest, uh, you know, season preview sort of thing. But I had no idea what teams were playing until the day. Like I had no idea Ryan was playing with Will and uh, Clark was playing with Ryder. Um, just, and that's just the men's side. It was interesting to see them actually uh, play and yeah, I didn't really, I didn't follow the tournament too much. Did you, Mike? Truthfully, I didn't either. Like you said, ATX, big kind of preseason event uh, throughout the year. Uh, throughout the years. Um, I definitely checked in a little bit to find out who's playing because it is more of a mashup event. Last year, Ryder, uh, Riva Denera, and Frederick Hinkle. Um, one played Ryan Gross and Clark Marshall in the finals, I believe. Um, so, like, it's always a, a, a great event. And we also had a strong uh, women's side with uh, this year, Kara Hoy and Ali Janke taking it home. Um, but I think, so I kind of, like, beforehand, I was slightly checking it in. Uh, more to see what teams are showing up because it was very interesting. Like Frederick Henkel was playing with Jacob Payer. Um, you know, we had Grant Laughlin and Olivia Janke play together. Max Lodell, Rubel Murphy. Like it was, it's a big mashup event and a preseason event. So um, I wasn't super following, but definitely checked in a little bit before. Um, but I'll say what's interesting is that uh, you mentioned the finals. Not surprised it ended with Clark and uh, Ryder taking it home, but 
It's also so funny. I'd say from like a, I'll call myself a Fuengo spe- spectator this past weekend. Um, where it's like, I'm not watching the games close. I'll, I'll look for highlight videos afterwards. But with mashup teams, it's like, it's interesting to be a Fuengo spectator, but it's also like less because it, you don't really know what's going on. Do you know what I mean? When it's like standard teams and it's during the season, you're like, oh, they beat them, them. With uh, mashups, they can be so up and down that it's uh, a little less engaging. So I'll say for myself, I caught a little bit of the stream. Um, I'll watch some stuff back after, but um, wasn't super following. Uh, hmm. But was checking it from time to time. I just kind of rambled there. The answer is, yeah, I checked the bracket every once in a while. I was following pool play, um, but I wasn't super invested in it. Um, as I usually am with, let's say, uh, you know, more of a seasoned event. I mean, more mo- most most importantly, I feel like this event was like was a preseason matchup, and people show up. I mean, big names show up, but they're not going to play together. And I mean, in terms of storyline, the the biggest thing for me was like, oh, Ryder's going to play. Maybe Ryder will come back. Who knows? But also. Like, but also he's playing with Clark, and I felt like that was that was kind of chalk. But I don't know. I I, I wasn't super hype about it, and then and then to have Ryder win too is just like that that reaffirming feeling where it's like, oh, Ryder's still really really good, and then the letdown yeah. of Ryder's not gonna. I mean, Ryder hasn't yeah. announced any any form of play this season, so yeah. it's just like the the anticipation in the storyline for me was rider based and everything else was kind of on the periphery and i don't know yeah i'll, I'll just like i'll say what well deeper thing clearly the three of us were not super hyped and into this event i think what's interesting is like some events are uh more hyped around like the watching and the following and i'm sure many people were there's also more events some events that it's like you just want to be there for the weekend and i'm sure it was a great weekend there in austin texas so i'm not trying to um our lack of excitement <laughs> Uh, take away from this event at all um but separately i'll also say uh Ryder reva um was voted the number one player in 2021 but didn't win a tournament so he shows up to atx early 2022 and wins an event and then like barely plays the rest season shows up here wins the event maybe we won't see him the rest of the season he's just like yeah i can still do it um i'll see you later <laughs> well uh, to two things before we don't want to yeah, talk sorry. about atx too much but i would just say that the two things to, to end with is obviously we say this with like a grain of salt that we all want rider it's like you want the, the best players in any sport to play because you want to watch them you want to see them it's just maybe a little bit of, not a shame but it's like for someone who's not uh and not not a present as other players in the round that scene yeah, he can still perform to that level of ability, given he's playing with, you know, arguably the best or one of the best players in the world in Clark Marshall, but still winning two against a very talented duo of Ryan and Will. It's like, just, you know, you want to see the best players play. And if anything, I really do hope, like I'm sure many others, that Ryder does play a few events this season and announces something soon, um, because again, you want the best players to play. But what also I will add and end on is that this was fortunately filmed uh, by the Round Network. So hopefully they're brewing up some awesome content, which I'm sure they are. Uh, and it will be available soon on their YouTube channel. So make sure you guys subscribe yeah. and follow that. So I will say, um, and I'm going to do this. So I remember last time we talked about Round Network, um, I said it was Ben Dantowitz and Albert, and I didn't know his last name. And it's a shame because I did know his last name. I just like panicked at the time. Um and I'm panicking again, so I'm literally looking it up to confirm. Wait, his I thought last it's name. Round it. It's Albert underscore it's, round it. It's last it name. Is, <laughs> it is Albert Tong, and I knew that, but I just second guessed so much. So Albert Tong, part of Round Network with Ben Dancewitz. Sorry, then I was so flustered last time. But Scott, I just want to say, um, they 
uh, definitely film the finals and other stuff, and they're doing post-produced things, um, but only for their paid subscribers on their Kofi page. So uh, if you want to get it, um, you got to pay, and I'm sure it's worth it. See some cool stuff, but I just wanted to shout that out. That they might have some stuff on their YouTube, but I know at least I think the finals is um, or specific stuff is on the Kofi page. So support them if you want to see some cool round ed and also just support them in general. Mm-hmm. I'll say that I know that wasn't really a recap of ATX, more just our general thoughts about it. Um, but yeah, but that's you guys have any other, any other, I think that's really fine. Just what for no, the audience. Yeah, exactly. No, we not a recap. None, We're none just, of yeah. us followed it a huge amount. So, and I don't think that many people followed it a huge amount around the world either. So we don't, we don't want to recap it more than, it, more than that. Let's move on instead and talk about the season as a whole, because this is just one event of many this year. And we've already talked previously on the podcast about this season structure in regards. It has many, many, many challenges, many that are hosted, not really by spike ball. They're now being hosted by TD. So tournament directors of that local organization that is hosting the event. So spike ball sort of delegating that power and authority or the tournament directors to that local community, which obviously includes now loads of tournaments, much more than last year. And then Spike they will be running the majors that are what, you know, Richmond, Salt Lake City, Toulouse, Philadelphia, and one more, I might be missing it, but either way, um, so they're taking a little bit less responsibility. And we have a lot of events this year. I think one thing that's really struck me is the lack of sign up this year, especially in the US, and especially when you compare it to you know, the the ETS system, which is the European uh, round net season. I don't know about you guys, but I, I keep on looking up for the signups for like Richmond. Obviously, that's up in two weeks. Uh, Jack's, Jacksonville Challenger, which is the first event of the year, which to put into perspective, last year I played in Orlando. It was my first STS event and there was over 70 contender teams. This year in Jack's, which is a two hour drive north, first event of the year. And it's only, I think, 40 30 to 40 contender teams. Oh, it's 26. It's just, it's yeah. 90 teams total. It's well, that's because they let everyone in Premier last year. Well, no, because it rained. I'm just kidding. I'm just it rained kidding. last year, and everyone's just thinking that it's going to rain again, and no I'm one wants to kidding. show up to that, that the T5 yeah. pour down. Um, I'll say my real, so I'll say <laughs> real take is one going to be more optimistic take. A more optimistic take would be that, like, people are getting their round net fix elsewhere within their community. So hopefully they're less feeling the need to to go to a challenger of some sort, right? So obviously you want maybe challengers to grow, but it also could be a good thing that people are getting their round net fix in their community. And this is just another event that they're maybe not as interested in. Um, but I don't know my pessimist side said, said that like, it is definitely disappointing. I think Richmond, like I'll say like Richmond has 43 premier teams, which is like way more than last year and 13 women's advanced teams. So I see like certain swings in the directions um, I'll be interested to see kind of how it how it plays out, but it's certainly notable, uh, right, compared to last year, Florida's event having having way less signups. Yeah. Fewer, fewer, fewer. It just comes down to like less events, so you know there's less there's more of a supply this year, and the demand yeah, right. is. The question is, has the demand gone up or down? It, in my honest opinion, it probably looks like the demand's about stayed the same, but the supply has increased. And if the supply has increased yeah. and stayed about the same, then we're going to see a decrease in teams signing up for these events. And you yeah. hope that this then leads on to yeah. a growing demand in the years after by building those like from within these I, yeah. yeah. If we're well, before I speak again, Gavin. Yeah. If we're considering a pulse check for Roundnet right now, based on the, the turnouts of tournaments that haven't happened yet, I just think, I mean, maybe there were more signups early on last year, but also... I mean, if you look at the Discord, if you look at um, who is showing up to these tournaments, and if you look at the tournaments on the periphery, I think that the heartbeat's just fine. Um, I, I don't know. I I think that I think that just like we said, because of because of the number of tournaments that are available, just 
people have more to choose from. And it's just a matter of I, maybe these don't, these challengers don't seem as seem like the sexy event to go to because of all these LROs running fun events that are close by. Um, that's just my take for now. But then it's big, yeah. bigger question. The goal, Mike. No, no, no. I think like, Scott, the bigger thing is like, is what I said is like, is the demand bigger, but the supply, right? Demand and supply are both moving. So there's going to be less at each, or I, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, it just depends if they work in yeah. correlation to each other, right? If one's moving quicker yeah. than the other. Yep. But I would just say, uh, it, I, I just think that like, within, any, within any any sport, you need a filtering system where you have, you know, the LROs, local round communities, right? And then you have their building, they have their own, let's take Florida round it, for example. They have their own tour series schedule. And then on top of that, you then have the STS schedule. And one of those events might be in Florida. And that's like the big major event in Florida each year. And then, you know, but then at the very big or the, the cusp of the STS season, you have the championship or national. Like where is, where does all these things align together? Is there something that's keeping all of them together? Because we have the college round that system, but then, you know, it's only college area for four years. Where do they go after? And then you have these LROs, which is like Florida around that, you know, um, New York around that, or, you know, Ohio around yeah. that, et cetera. Like, how do all of these communities and LROs interlink? Because in the optimal world, it should be, you know, local tournaments, yeah. after local tournaments, you have state tournaments, after state tournaments, you have nationwide tournaments. Who is hosted by, it just, it still needs to be in a filtering. Uh, yeah. The, I, yeah. I think I... Um, well, there's two things we're talking about here. There's so, they were talking about like specifically the Jacksonville event and then maybe on a grander scale, what's going on. Right. So the other thing is like, Scott, you're in Florida. Well, so one, the event is, I'll, I, and I'm more leaning to the, the smaller aspect of like literally this weekend in Jacksonville, right? <laughs> Jacksonville last year compared to like Gainesville, like Orlando area last year. And like, those are very different areas of Florida. Correct. Right. So like, that's a thing. I'm also just like, great right, on Florida around it. They've already had like three events this year. And I don't know where I'm, I'm, I know um, they were hosting a lot of events last year, but where I'm saying is people in this area may be getting their fix thanks to PRA and other great organizations, people in Georgia, et cetera, are getting their fix. So it comes in. So, like, I totally agree with you, Scott, of like both things are probably true that as a group, it starts with these LROs, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe this challenger, right? I'm looking at the Florida rounded schedule. And the challenger is just one of eight events on here. And so yeah. truthfully, like, I don't know why I would go to Jacksonville here when I could go to this other one a little bit. Yeah. Like, 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 and I'm saying, so I think it's, it's none of this is bad. I'm not trying to criticize literally in any way. It's just like, what you said is like, how do these events work into the local organization's event and work on the whole, right? Because mm -hmm. ideally, if the STS is the highest tiered event, it is also a very important event for that tour uh, group. Um, mm -hmm. So just a, a, yeah. a ramble. So I see like, I don't know if it's really seen. No. I don't know, but I don't see the signups as a bad thing yet. I think it's so hard. There's so many different factors, um, yeah. but it, it's like, clearly I'm not trying to ignore what signups mean for teams, but it's just like so nuanced. Yeah, I just yeah. <laughs> these these LROs and these new these communities like find that collaboration where you're not doing right. okay we're doing our own thing this is our own tour series but this now clashes and collides with your tour tour series it yeah. should sort of be you know step by step like hey we have our college round at scene and then if you want to get a little bit more competitive and you want to play against other but not college players you have yeah. your PRA or your Florida round net and then if you want to play against nationwide players and teams then you have the STS or what the STS now maybe that's USA round in the future but either way you have like the layers whereas if those layers aren't really connected then you're going to get overlaps in not a good way 
well, not yeah. not potentially the way you want because people are going to get their fit, but not maybe go to the big or no, totally, totally, totally. Maybe they get the yeah. best exposure from and the best experience from. Well, there's no emphasis on this this event if the LROs are running four or five tournaments before it. But yeah, I I think that this is a good segue into kind of the Jacksonville preview. We talked to say, Gavin. What happy to talk about Jacksonville? Uh, this podcast just candidly, this has just been a just a, a free flowing <laughs> us talking podcast. This is yeah, like what our call, this is like, for the listeners, this is what our like phone calls are. Or we'll just like go, right, right, Kevin? This is kind of yeah. like our phone calls. Where yeah. sometimes we have structure, like, or I think the podcast sometimes has structure. Here we're just kind of free flowing. I feel like that's an entire topic for another day. Um, today yeah. we want to talk about Jacksonville Preview. Let's kind of overview the the, the people that are playing in Men's Premier. Um, we have a couple of mashups and we have some big ticket names. Um, that are going to be competing in the men's premier, premier division. First off, we have the mashup of Murthy Gross. I think their team name is going to be Clean Combo for that one. TRP um, in system coming down from Canada, Etienne and Blake Bosak. Impulse is the mix between, oh man, Dawson and Coleman Epperson. And then nice. Reno's mistresses, Brendan Feria and Patrick Chew, Mermaid Sparkle. You get what they played a season ago, so I'm sure people know. Um, <laughs> Moodadal and Abrams, um, Hayden Flood and Kyle Ackerman, and Thomas Hamilton and Burrow. So, yeah, that's the men's premiere kind of big names that are going to be in there. And then we also have the women. Allie Jinky playing with Sarah Allen. We have oh, Cat Daddies. <laughs> Sorry, Cat Daddies. That's a great <laughs> love that. team name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Allie Foster playing with Kaylin Morgan, Katie Pearson playing with, I missed that one. Yeah. Maddie Morehouse. Uh, yeah, she, um, yeah, Maddie Morehouse, uh, plays second with Nora Haas at ATX. So it should be a yeah. great team there. And then Megan Mallon playing with Teddy Lecion. I don't know how to say her last name. <laughs> yeah. or do I, I've never heard that name, but it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that name Florida Bama? I've seen a team name. Who is that? Yeah. Florida Bama, uh, made it on the power ranking, uh, for, um, some, or let's say choose power rankings, excuse me. Uh, not the power rankings. For some of the season um, last year, uh, just a mix of Alabama and Florida player uh, Megan and Teddy. So middle of the pack team, but um, definitely notable repeat team uh, from last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good mix. Again, not the most stacked teams. A lot of ma- a lot of mashups. Not too yep. many teams we're going to see throughout the season in system. Blake and Etienne is obviously a team we're going to see a lot of. Um, but other than that, Impulse, we might see Coleman and Dawson play quite a few events together, but don't we don't know. And other than that, it's pretty much mashups, which is surprising in my opinion that not too many established teams are traveling and playing this event, given yeah. that, you know, start the to- start of the season the way you want to go on, you know. You've got the team who's coming all the way from Canada to play. We're not having teams come. Again, everyone's in different situations, but just like establish that first win, first win of the season or first good performance season at the first event. I'm surprised there's not more established team attending. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... Literally, we just talked about where like maybe they're they're getting their training fix uh, in the area. Given uh, Richmond is also two weeks later, um, but I'm excited to see like Impulse. We haven't seen in system. Uh, we we saw them last year uh, win a tour stop. So excited to see them again. Um, and and some other debuts. What's interesting is always to me is like when teams aren't playing together. Like Ackerman uh, and Bennett are playing separately, uh, despite being I I, I would think uh, teammates this year. Um, but uh, I, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree. Right. I also, yeah, when both partners are attending the same tournament, they're not playing together. Yeah. Yeah. But um, who's Marino's mistresses again? That's Brendan Ferry. Patrick Chu and Brett Chow. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Brendan and Marino played in 20, uh, 
21 and then of course uh marino but last year yeah it's just like a sloppy seconds uh call out but um funny enough kyle ackerman and um christian bennett play together they're gonna be at this tournament and not playing together in the tournament yeah that's what we just mentioned yeah it's crazy yeah oh yeah oh i'm sorry guys I'm a mess. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on. So those are the teams that are attending this first tournament. What are our takes? What are our top three, both on the men's and women's side? And what are our dark, dark horses for this event? Gavin, do you want to go first? Yeah, if I had to go in order, I would say just because we just saw them play on the round network against Judgment Day, Ruthie Grove at my one spot. Uh, I think it's a toss up between in system, in system impulse and Model Abrams. But if I had to rank them in order, I really, I'm going to go with my heart, not my head here. I'm going to say Model Abrams two and then in system three. And my heart, my heart being in systems because I think. Blake Bosak's a great guy. <laughs> Mike, what did you have for the men? Yeah, I'm going to go bold hot take in system one. Uh, we're going to go Murthy and Gross two. Um, and three, oof, threes here. All right, so I'm just going to say we didn't shout them out, um, but I'm going to put them in as officially not allowed for dark horse picking, which is Bothouse. Bothouse will be there. Uh, very good. Just wanted to mention them that they're not allowed to be a dark horse piss. That's a pick, shame. Pick. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think they're too good for that. Third, yeah. I'm going to yeah. go with... Um, uh, I'm going to, uh, again, I'm just going to go with it. Uh, I'm going to go model, uh, Abrams. I'm going to see where they can, where they can go. I'll take them for the three. I'm not as committed to that as, as I want to be, but I'll put them there. <laughs> okay. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not going for the points. I'm going for the, for the, what would be pretty. Yeah. I think Chitty Chitties is, uh, probably my dark horse. Oh, sorry. I didn't pick my dark horse. Would you like me to pick my dark horse? Uh, yes. Pick your dark horse. As well as, uh, Gavin, you didn't pick your dark horse either. I got to look for my dark horse. Dark horse. I don't even know how we define this, but dark horse. For oh, we'd say, look, going, I know. So non, so no, let's do this. Cause we're going to do the points throughout the whole season. Everyone listening to. So we're going to get points on one, two, and three, and then you get a point for, uh, the highest ranked dark horse of all of our. We have to agree that they're a dark horse together. Yeah, I think Chili Chili's is a fair pick. I'm actually gonna go. Uh, I would say not super dark horse, but I'm gonna go with. I'm looking for the team name. Joseph Rose. Uh, Kieran Rose has been tearing it up down south, and he's been doing it by uh, uh, Dennis Joseph, who is a uh, a good player as well. So I'm gonna go Joseph Rose for my dark horse. Okay. That's fair. And uh, Gavin? You know, that's a good call. Yeah. I'm going to go Glizzy Gladiators just because. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, it's also a good pick. Okay, I like it. So, <laughs> Dar so Dark Horse is done. You get a point. Whoever finishes the highest out of those, one of us will get the point. Uh, my top three then is uh, Rahul and uh, Ryan coming in one. In system, Blake and Etienne as two. Uh, three for me, yeah, it's a, it's a throw up between Modell Abram. Um, Hamilton Burrows, I think, could do pretty well together too. Yep. We haven't mentioned. Um, hmm. I think it's tough. Impulse, first time they're playing together, I'm not sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a safe pick and go Modell Abram for third. So you copy me. Dude, you're just a copycat, Scott. There's such copycats, you guys. Come on. We have different we have different dark dark All right. Um, can I start on the or Gavin, do you want to start or I'll start on the women's side? You can start. Go ahead. Um I I mean <clears throat> first for me, I am gonna go Sarah and Allie, Sarah and Allen, Allie Janky. Um second, I'm gonna toss it to Katie Pearson and Maddie Morehouse. And then third, uh Kaylin Morgan and Allie Foster. For fourth, uh not fourth, Dark Horse, if you'll allow me, I wanna take uh I wanna take Space Monkeys, Steph Ding, and Rafaela Bastos. There. Um, I would have. Then again, you can copy me here. <laughs> no, I got, I got cat. Copycats are allowed. I got a cat, cat daddy. 
cat daddies, cat daddy. Uh, well, Morgan Foster, and then wait, did you have Morehouse Pearson? They're my second. Okay, I have it the opposite, so I have Morgan Foster second, and then Morehouse Pearson third. Um, I think uh, any of the other teams I'll allow as a dark horse. Not Florida, not Florabama, because they were. Powerful. I'll throw. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's cheap. Okay, that's fair. Okay. You big space monkey. Yep. I'm picking Ding, and I don't know how to say Emma's last name, but I'm picking <laughs> Ding and Emma. Emma Angeletti and Tiff Ding. Dig. Angeletti. I like that. So we got the two the two Ding sisters are our dark horses. Scott, where are you going? Yeah, well, I'm going uh, for Ali and Sarah to win it. And then Kaylin and Ali second. Ali Foster, that is. And then in third, uh, going Katie and Maddie. So again, a little bit copied, but hey. Wow, it's crazy. Gonna, they they uh, just went first. Scott just like copy each other. How about I go next next week? Huh? <laughs> yeah, you could go uh, next week. I think my dog horse. Can I choose the same as you guys? No, new dark horse. New dark horse. See, that's tough going last. Tough going last. True. Well, you can you could pick my dark horse. You can't pick no because we have to. It's whoever goes the highest, so we can't pick the same. And I called pick Megan and uh, Gavin denies. So you got three options. The anti power. I don't know too much about the other teams. I don't know fighting out. Wow, there must be super dark of a horse then. Super dark. Oh, we're gonna throw it out there, right? We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go Katrina and Audrey. Good pick. Good pick. Yeah. I'm assuming is, is Audrey or th- Jacob Summers? Yes. Okay. So that, that's a good gotta thing. You gotta, you gotta think. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. That's our very, <laughs> our very basic nice preview with some nice uh, skin in the game of of who we want to go for. I mean, legal in Massachusetts is sports betting now, so maybe I'll see if I can bet on these on uh, on DraftKings. <laughs> uh, but that's cool. Um, are we wrapped up here? We feeling good? Yes. I'm. So. I'm. Um. I'm definitely uh, interested to see how this one turns out. I'll be. Uh, I'll be tuning in and, and following along. Um, I really am curious to see how a lot of these teams do. Oh, all right, there are impulse and the system are, are debuting. So, uh, you know, it, it'll. It, if anything, we'll we'll see that. You know, with the mashups, it can be. Uh, Hard to extrapolate what's going on, but we'll see some debuts coming. Yeah. And with that said, let's move on to Mike's mid-show break. Boom. Okay. Um, before we get into Mike's mid-show break, we have two little things, a little housekeeping. One, in the trivia episode, uh, I incorrectly said that uh, Boisterous uh, won, or what came in second, and they were in the finals in 2018. The correct answer is it was Preston, but he was with Jared. It was Wabi Sabi. Uh, in 2018. So just going to throw that out there for you people that want that in your knowledge. 2018 was show Walter versus Jarrett and Press and Wabi Sabi. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, and I joked about it before the podcast, as I was rock climbing today, I was like, I think rock climbers would make great rounded players. Uh, and so I just want to throw that in as a quick honorable mention for the thing. But we have to say that Scott absolutely crushed the draft for, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely crushed it. I will say, thank I don't you, know you. if thank Scott you. crushed it. Did Scott crush it more? Or did Gavin <laughs> just be Gavin throw do it. terrible? Volleyball is throw it thing, more. And you're kidding me. And I got one vote. That's ridiculous. Volleyball <laughs> is literally the best transit. Okay. Through. Uh, so I think, I mean, we'll talk about like the go cast where that's inspired from. Like, sometimes you get to play to the audience. And I think, Scott, I'm not, I don't think you had the best draft. You played to the audience. Someone was like, soccer, oh, like so many, they're like, so many roundup players come from soccer, soccer, like soccer, this and this. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't mean they're the best at it, but like, they just have a comfort. Yeah. Lighter is a volleyball player. Just putting out there. Oh, putting out seriously. That didn't pay. Soccer goalkeeping is the single. You didn't even mention soccer goalkeeping on the episode. You came up with that after the fact. That's how strong. That's how strong my pick is. That's how hockey goalkeeping still was winning. 
Boo is gone. Okay. All right. So this <laughs> week we have something different. Um, I don't know how this is going to go. We'll see. So we already mentioned a couple times. Um, and I'll say notably this couple times when we talked about team names, we got team names like uh, Murthy Gross. Um, you know, historically, I just mentioned we had Chiswick Showalter. Uh, notably this year, none of the new teams have been last name combinations. So what we're going to do today is... I have a list of a bunch of players who placed pretty highly at ATX. I'm going to randomize and I'm going to give you guys team combinations and you guys are going to come together and decide whether which order the last names would be in if they were a team. For example, if you guys teamed up, what sounds better? Beaks Brokema or Brokema Beak? Yeah, Beaks Brokema. Alphabet. Okay, you guys agree. If you guys disagree, I'm going to break the tie for the podcast official answer and then we're going to see what the what the listeners think on our story uh, next week. That sound good? Right, yep. I don't know how many we'll do, but I'm just going to go through and, and and this is what we're going to do. Sound good? Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm very curious to see where also, this goes. As we said before, big fan of surnames. I hate going from Twango and not knowing who's playing where. Yeah. <laughs> it, is really, it is really annoying having to like click in, especially during pool play, and just to see the see the name. There's so many teams. So many yeah. teams. Anyway, yeah. that aside... You guys ready to get going? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. For Buddy Hammond teaming up with Matt Burrows. So it's either Burrows. Hammond Burrows or Burrows Hammond. Hammond Burrows. Okay. Hammond Burrows. I agree. I like that. All right. Um, This is funny because this is a real team. Rogue, Ryan Marino, and Thomas Hamilton. If they combined it, where would we be? Hamilton Marino. Mm, I know. I'm not sure. sure. Ha- uh, Marino, Hamilton, Marino. I think the short one should go first. I'm gonna I break the tie. I'll break the tie. We're going Marino, Hamilton. Oh, wow. I'm a fan of that. Oh. And Scott, that Scott, that doesn't mean you win. <laughs> yeah, it's not a competition right now. All right, it's another team here uh, that we're seeing um, this weekend: Ali Jenke and Sarah Allen, Cat Daddies. Where do you put them? Ali Jenke, Allen Jenke, Allen Jenke. Oh, I'm also gonna go Allen Jenke. Gavin, I'm pulling for you, though. I'm pulling for oh, you, even though it's not a competition. No, it's All right. <laughs> but it's not a competition, Gavin. Kara Hoy and Max Modell. Hoy Modell. Are you influenced by Finaki Modell? Probably. No, I think Hoy Modell sounds way better than Finaki Modell. <laughs> All right. Keep it going. Joe Bondi, Ryan Gross. Oh, that's a real team. They randomized a real team. Clean. Uh, Botless. Yep. Yeah, Bondi Gross. I can't hear it the other way now. Well, Gross <laughs> Bondi, like, that's just, like, it needs to end cleanly. I think that's what we're figuring out. Yeah. It's got to end clean, like, Bondi Gross. Gross Bondi? Bondi? Bondi gross. Gross Bondi? Like, the pause? <laughs> All right, we got to stop you been thinking about this. Gross Bondi? Yeah. Um, honestly, no. But, like, I, I, I did come up to it, and I was, like, walking around, like, mouthing team names to myself. I'm like, I look ridiculous. All right. Sachi Patel and Clark Marshall. Patel Marshall. Marshall Patel. I go Patel Marshall. Gavin gets that one. Marshall Patel just sounds a little, like, way too longer than Patel Marshall. I don't know. <laughs> it's the same, but it sounds way longer. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Okay. This is another team. This this randomizer's crushing it. Coleman Epperson. And Ryder, Riva Denera, Rita Boys. Let's okay. short Riva, you have to say Riva Denera. Let's try Riva Denera and then Riva. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I wish they were at on Team USA together and we would have seen Riva that. Riva Denera Epperson. Riva Denera. Yeah, Riva Denera Epperson. I agree. Now Riva. Riva Epperson. Epperson Riva. Epperson Riva. They both work. Yeah. Riva I'm going to go Epperson Riva. Ah, uh, all right. <laughs> Joel Wynn and Dan Abram. Abrams wins. Gotta be right, Win Abrams. I like Win Abrams. Let's go! Come on! Yeah, I like Win. No competition though. Yeah, it's it's, it's, not, a, it's not a competition. I've actually been keeping <laughs> score this whole time on who has the right answer. All right, Matt Cole and Andrew Christmas. Cole Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm sad because like the camera's on me right now, and it was on Gavin because he talked, but it's on me. And this is Gavin gave his answer, and this was Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys couldn't see. I was thinking. <laughs> 
Christmas cold. Sound nice ring to it. No, it sounds like you're getting you're getting you you're cold for Christmas. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, Christmas cold. Yeah, it's like what a great team name. And this it's giving the surnames and it's a great team name. Wow, I'm torn. Christmas cold. It's like okay. what you're getting. I think, you're getting knife for Christmas. You're getting all cold. That's a toxic a toxic take right mm. there. But it's not toxic. It's Christmas. just all surnames, Gavin. It's just all surnames. I think if you say it fast, Cole Christmas sounds better, but enunciated like Christmas Cole. Yeah, I'm going Christmas Cole. I I went back and forth so much in my head. All right, guys, we got th- we're gonna do three more. All right. Okay, I'm gonna run this again because we got some re. All right, speaking of that, we got Maddie Morehouse. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and Will Picone or Picone. But you can get- either way. I think it's Picone. It's because Picone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. More Picone. And Morehouse. Cody Morehouse. Cody. I agree. Yeah. Mike? Okay. I'm, um, you guys agreed. So we're good. I'm looking at this list because it's it's a lot of repeats I'm trying to do. Um, we're going to go Pearson Murphy. Sorry. You said I just it. said one of the names. The way you said it. Pearson Murphy? Yeah. Yeah. Pearson Murphy? Yeah. Over Murphy Pearson? I yeah. don't know. I think both work. Both work really well. I like first one. Murphy Pearson works. Yeah, I think Murphy Pearson, actually. All right. Last one. Patrick Chu. Well, we already did to the fields. Yeah, no, I was, I was, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I'm weighing my head on figuring out the next one because I'm so stressed of all these team names here. All right, read them. Say them both to me. I'll close my eyes and listen. Pearson Murphy, Murphy Pierce. Let me put it one more time. Pearson, Pearson Murphy. Pearson Murphy. Murphy. Pearson Murphy. Pearson Murphy. All right. There we go. Um, and now I'm trying not to repeat because I think I've repeated these. But last one, I said York. I'm gonna go Nora Haas, Patrick Chu. Oh, Chu Haas. Neither work. Neither work. Chu Haas. Haas, Haas, Chu. I think Haas, Chu. And you'd say it with like an American accent. You, so you wouldn't like, say the like, German Haas. You say it like Haas, Haas Chu, like that? Haas yeah, Chu. no, I'm saying Haas, Chu. I'm saying Chu Haas because the video. Chu Haas? Chu Haas. Du Haas, if you look it up on YouTube, was a like banger of a video, music video <laughs> back in like 2000. Whoa. Uh, all right. I'm sorry for getting scrambled, but that's. Uh, that's been this podcast. That's, yeah, that's been this podcast tonight. We're all kind of. <laughs> We're on something right now, um, uh, and probably tiredness is that's probably it. Um, which one did you prefer, Haschu or Chu Hath? I'm a Chu Haas guy. <laughs> oh, you're a Chu Haschu. Haschu is way too much of a sneeze. Chu Haas. Okay, okay, okay. Um, thank you for the break. That concludes Mike's break. <laughs> I think we need a break for my break. Um, hope you enjoyed. I'm I'll try to I'll pull those all together, and I'm ex- uh, I'm excited to post these on our story because we're going to have, you know, a thousand people <laughs> sitting in front of their phone <laughs> just going, Chuhas? 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 Yeah. Christmas? Cold. Christmas? Christmas cold. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so That's funny. that'll be good. So I'm excited. Um, thank you guys. Let's, uh, let's take this to our, 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 our last topic that I, I think we're going to be totally condensed and, and very sensitive, sensitive. Like five minutes condensed so you can watch yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, our, you know, we're very uh, structured tonight, so we'll, we'll keep it going with this next topic. All right, so that is, of course, the club organization versus the call term. How people, I guess, gather to play around that. Uh, the college, obviously, being the college scene is what we have in America, typically. Um, I'm sure that there are some clubs that are scattered around America, but over in Europe, we see a lot more of the club spark- spark- sprouting, sprouting up. Um, yeah, let's talk about the drawbacks and benefits of either one. And uh, yeah, Scott, so, can you take us through like kind of your perspective of you know being our resident European here and also uh, being in in uh, university? Oh, you don't compete for your university, so um, yeah. Your, your current perspective? Uh, I would just say having uh, experienced both in regards to the like the club system and culture, not just within round, but just in general, and then having then experienced the club structure and 
Europe, again, not just in Realnet, but in general. I think the club system is just so much superior and more sustainable for the growth of Realnet than the college system. Because if you think about a club system, if you're in a club, you can join it at any age. You're not hindered to just being at that club and playing Realnet between the ages of, what, 18 and 22, 23, whatever, however old you are in attending college. It's not like once you graduate, oh, your time's up. Like, the club system is literally if you're 15 years you want to join, fine. If you're 25 you want to join, you're fine. If you're 35 and you want to come and join it, and that wants to be your, like, primary sport, that's fine. And I don't feel that's really the case in the U.S. The U.S. has done a good job in, like, building this club system, sorry, the college system, so that there's more athletes coming into the sport, but it doesn't really do a lot to keep them and it also doesn't really do a lot for the colleges to sort of get as many people as they can because they know once the four years are up there's not really a place for them to go if there was a place for them then to go to like a club <laughs> which is funny but if there was then like a yeah. club <laughs> or like a local uh, organization that they, they could filter into and still carry on and play their sport whatever that may be in this instant round that then perfect but if not it's a real shame that you only give you know this opportunity to come and join round that within the college scene not for longer if, if one i feel like the people that play in college are kind of scattered afterwards I, there's the opportunity to just quit then and there or there's just no support it feels like and i think that's unfortunate but i also see the fact that in the in the col collegiate scene you're com you're competing in these regional tournaments and i see that as a benefit but I, I mean you get kind of the same thing in the club and like you said i i do believe that the club is a more sustainable approach i do think that the college is definitely collegiate experience is definitely an, a, a really cool experience to have but yeah it definitely goes it definitely goes both ways and i think that yeah there should be the opportunity to play club after college uh, i think that we need to bring that more sustainable approach into our ecosystem and make it available. And I just think that there's very few areas and LROs that have had the opportunity to do that as of yet. But but that but it's because like the focus is more on college instead of the club. Oh, and if I think it, yeah, I and, listen, and I think like, yeah. I, I would say like, yeah, I, I think it, the, the, the answer is like an and or, right? Obviously college is going to happen. Players are going to compete for their school. The real, I think, bigger thing is um, where are they, you know, before, after, during, or the real thing is after, right? So I don't think there's inherently wrong with like, hey, I'm going to do this in college is my activity and then I'm going to graduate and I'm going to do what adults do, um, typically get a job and just like stop your hobbies. Um, I'm just kidding. But like, uh, that way of like, a lot of people are probably like, no, I played around that. No, I'm just not that interested in that anymore. I think some of that may happen naturally. I think some of it also does happen because we don't have a system to continue that outwards, right? Likely they'll move back home and does their home have a, a local group? And if not, it'll likely be the college. So I think it is an and or of like, of having these setups. And I think the club is clubs are huge. Um, or I think on top of it, like we say clubs, but it also could just be like a strong LRO of like, oh, I come and there's a hub in my area. Yeah. But I think having some sort of structured thing, and I know certain people, right, um, Ben Dantowitz of the USA Rounded is like working uh, very hard on just like creating central hubs, whether that's a Discord server or just a group for every area so that these start to form. I think club, clubs is like a separate level of it, which is like the, the it combines the local group and the college with the aspect of competing. I think that's where they kind of merge together, which is like, hey, it's post-college. I don't just want to pick up group. I want to like continue to compete and not just like similar to what we talked about last year with the uh, American Spikers League. 
I don't want to just like compete like two on two. I want to like feel kind of a more part of something. I, I would just say to add on to that, that we mentioned earlier that, you know, that we wanted these hubs around the US. But the thing is, is right now all the focus to get people into the sport goes through the college system, whereas it would be so much more beneficial at being through a club or a hub perspective. And then of that club and hub perspective, athletes would filter into the college system so it wouldn't so the club would be above all of this and then players from the club would then filter and go into the college system it wouldn't be college systems then filter into the club they would go hand in hand together because that way you're going to get so many more athletes and it's going to be so much more sustainable than just okay college and then oh what happens or maybe there's a hub near you and, and like just to throw out some numbers because again once you have clubs in place and you have it around different areas you can then start doing leagues. Sorry, um scott real quick i we just keep saying this word i we're clubs could you just describe, I think, like, and maybe you're getting there, like, what what would you envision as this? Like, what do you mean by, like, a club in an area, right? Do you have an example? Yeah, or what do you think? Like a club like, in an area, like, to compare to, like, um, let's say in, in in Europe, you know, Germany have several clubs. They have, you know, Round at Dortmund, Round at Munich, Round at uh, Berlin. Like, they will have different clubs within different areas and cities that have structured trainings each week, structured pickup, and identify themselves as that club. So we'll have jerseys, whatever. So they'll just be sort of part of that, similar to like yeah. college on that sense of that's your identity, that's your team. But you'll have structured training, structured pickup, structured comp, etc. That's what I mean by clubs and I hope everybody okay. yeah. knows No, that. I just want to make sure. Um, yeah, no, no, good that you reminded me. But then it's like, once you have that in place and you have that in different areas, now it links totally back to what we said at the start of this podcast of like the layers of players going and playing in different events. You'd have your club and you hopefully your club would have a league within your state or within your area. And then building on top of that, you'd then have an, uh, a statewide league where clubs will play against different clubs within the state. And then you'd potentially have your state team play against other state. And then you'd have the STS season on top of that or USA events on top of that but either way i mean to, to compare this to europe in europe has ngbs national governing bodies and that would be you know british round net round net germany round net sweden etc etc and then within each country they then have club so round net stockholm stockholm spike uh round net yet uh and they have different then clubs within the cities and then the next stage from that is which most ngbs are going through right now but the next stage from that is doing what Ge germany have done round at germany and then having a league system so these clubs can compete. And that's why we don't see so many Germans coming to these, you know, European, you could compare it to statewide event, nationwide event, because they have so much competition. They're getting their fix at home. So they don't really need to travel because they get the competition and they get the demand, sorry, the supply from around their Germany. Here, here are just some numbers because we wanted to bring them on this, this week, but it was a little bit tough for the time difference from Europe. But I mean, here's some numbers for you, right? They had 1,327 participants in 119 squads in three different skill-based leagues in just their indoor round net league from October to March. Like, that's ridiculous. There's over 3,900 profiles in their RG power zone, which is basically that like their ranking systems keep track of everyone and rank their, rank all the players. Like, there's just, like, just yeah. that alone is one country within Europe. I, like, I that's think like this, like, in a one state, one small right. state. It, it's super, this super aligns with what we talked about in our episode last week and like, you know, other things like last week we talked it in the specifics of like multiple team events, but like this kind of goes along with that, which is like, how can you create a system to have more of these strong local group compete uh, together uh, and not even like together, but like kind of together, right? Even like leagues and et cetera, like that. Uh, it's, and I, but I think the other thing, Scott, is that like, 
that can be right all ages, right? And like those can exist. What we're comparing here is like a more college-based system, which can still happen. I don't know. It's um sorry. I was gonna go a sidetrack of like I think it's just interesting. Is like I don't know. I don't know anything about the university like sporting scene in Europe. I presume it is a much smaller uh, significance than it is in the U.S. Yeah, which is why the culture and tradition. Of yeah, the right. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. So but it's more of like, can we fight? Can we not fight that culture, but like adapt alongside it? Right? Exactly. Can we yeah. utilize the college scene in a certain way and not get rid of it? Because college is still a great pipeline of getting players mm -hmm. into yep. RoundNet and is great for RoundNet. Um, but how? What's the next step beyond that? Especially for players who graduate, is is what is that pipeline afterwards? Yeah, Gavin, do you have any thoughts on kind of like what's going on? I would think like just one with revised, which is essentially I'd say not a little bit of a club, but I don't know. Like you have some some revised teams and definitely a group, or I guess or the, your experience like with Midwest Roundnet and Chicagoland. Yeah, no, my I, I would say that my my focus in revised Roundnet is has gone a lot has kind of strayed away from the the team aspect and it's more so just um i've been working locally with illinois roundnet to try and i and when one of the big questions that i ask when i see uh, germany succeeding is that one of the, one of the things that i one of the questions i ask when i see germany succeeding is that uh, how are they paying for all the indoor space for one because we definitely have that issue and and the sustainability of running a club kind of means that you have to have a strong market for people to come into and you have to have people to be able to help pay for those resources. So, I mean, for, for me, I see the colleges as a, I see the, the club as a, a funnel, like Scott said, for the colleges and the people come in from the club to play collegiate roundnet. But some people end up finding out about roundnet from college and they end up coming into the club and vice versa. But um, I, I do see... Illinois Roundnet as a funnel into Midwest Roundnet, and that's just a bigger, larger oversight and bigger events. But then I see how also it could get lost in translation where we're running some events as Illinois Roundnet that are also partnered with Midwest Roundnet. And at one point, does one become more significant than the other? Or at what point do our events locally overlap with the Midwest Roundnet? And how important are our events really in, in comparison? It's just, uh, there's a lot of factors that play into it. And I think that Every LRO's goal should be to have a sustainable league or club that partners with or doesn't partner with college uh, round at what organizations. Um, but yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is having the numbers and the logistics to do it. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's kind of where I stand with. It. I think I think it should. I think when in the next several years, if we don't have um, clubs in the United States, it'll be. I, I think part of it is maybe. Well, I say two things. One, you mentioned like indoor space, paying for it, et cetera. That's why we got to get the average age of a roundup player up. Got to get that average age up. <laughs> um, you're not, it's not guaranteed, but you're more likely to have more disposable income uh, the older you are, uh, yeah. which is, uh, so let's get that average age up. But the second thing I think um, Gavin is like, right right now, let's say in, um, right in your area, you have a group that probably can play pickup. You don't have enough for a league. It's what systems can you implement that will like make that a success in a few years? Right, is that growing from a, a group me? Like my, um, I, I always mention the Massachusetts group. I'm in the group chat and I'm in the Discord and I have like not gone once and it's so bad. So this is me publicly saying that I need to go to pick up. Uh, but like um, Bandanto, it's helped them navigate, navigate from a, a group me um, into a Discord. And so that will make it much more accessible. And, and the people did it so nice. Like, I don't know if this is a common thing, but like they created a whole thing that you can just like put in the location and it notifies everyone like, hey, I'm playing pickup at this time. Like react if you're coming or not. Um, 
super cool. But like, that's an example of like, right now there aren't the numbers for elite, but you can get there by having a creative and strong sense that or a system that pushes towards uh, keeping keeping players nearby and eventually can grow. So I think like, Scott, I think the thing with the clubs is like, we're on the way there or like maybe us talking about is helping, but it's like, what are the th- actual things we can do to like get to that point in the next couple years? And it seems that we're systemically behind Europe because of maybe like college or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, or just culture, maybe fundamentally culture. different. Yeah, just cultural. I know like um, like uh, Quebec, they've, they've had incredible leagues for years. And like, I don't, you know, no other place has really been able to replicate that besides like Utah, I'm sure. Um, uh, and Europe. So I think that's uh, the, I, I agree with you on everything. And then I'm trying to think about like, what are the little things just to like slowly, slowly get there. And this all comes together with like our whole discussion about numbers and everything and everything. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. And I go and also people within areas having the, having the, the time and the patience to invest yeah. their energy into growing the community and not saying, oh, it's going to be a year before they can even compete with me and not investing the time into new people. Because if that's the attitude, then we're never we're really going to grow the sport around it, let alone your local community. Um, yeah, you know, if everyone does that, sport multiplies instantly. You know, times two if everyone just took one. Everyone just took one player and told him, "Hey, come join." And then in a year's time, some of them will be, you know, yeah, really good and be able to compete. Someone, I think that local local round net organization growth in general is a great topic, and we should save it for another day. Um, we could have loads of discussion on the entire entire periphery of that. But yeah, I think um, I think from there, unless you guys have anything else, it's a good place. No closing thoughts. Yeah, great, yeah, great. Is any closing thoughts here? No, I'll just do my recap. Like I think this episode as a whole, we've we've been talking so much about these ideas. I think this whole season about like where round net should go and and little things so and i feel good about it i think like the building blocks are getting put in place this is my last monologue and then like right these are great i think just discussions to put out to the ether for everyone to hear and hopefully they don't have to agree with us but at least start thinking about ways that they can help push round net forward even even just one percent right how how you can keep it going um and i'll say if you made it this far uh thanks for being patient with our kind of maybe scrambledness tonight <laughs> so tired maybe maybe it didn't was didn't maybe it didn't sound scrambled and i'm just telling on us um god's looking at his eyes i was like i'm 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 good i was great i would chicken in the oven i'm gonna eat <laughs> uh, uh, no uh that's about it then that's it yes uh, alongside mike thank you everyone for listening to this episode just that roundup podcast uh make sure to check us out on instagram at that roundup podcast if you want to hear more inside scoops then join our facebook group at that roundup podcast follow us on tiktok at that roundup podcast and that's about it uh enjoy see you guys next week Bye.